back to arguing with the internet. Today's episode, we're discussing the question, is it okay to have kids? So maybe on today's episode, we're going to learn if I've been a bad person for having a child. Um, not me, though. Yeah, yeah no, not you. You're in the clear on this one. <laughs> um, so following the format that we've been using, we're going to find arguments on the internet, uh, people talking about this issue, and really break them down and see what the good arguments are, the bad arguments, and try to clarify how to think about this issue. You know, maybe we'll come to a conclusion, but we usually don't. So we'll at least have some. I mean. <laughs> we'll have some <laughs> options of what. trying. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the issues are too complicated to really give you, a, like, a. this is exactly what you should believe. But at least it'll give you some clarification, good ways mm. to think about this. Uh, with all that, uh, you had the first argument for us, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this first argument comes from a uh, post on Reddit. Um, In response to the question, is it ethical to have children? This person responds, quote, depends on one's ethics. It's a requirement for the continuation of our species, so it's neither moral nor immoral by itself. What matters are the circumstances. If you're knowingly bringing a child into this world under conditions which are cruel and unusual for that child, then yes, it is wrong to do. And you're probably a bad person for doing it willingly. That's typically what something being wrong means. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, If the conditions are reasonable and fair by general standards, then no, it's perfectly fine. So long as you've done all you can reasonably expect it to do up until that point, then go forth and build new babies. Um, okay, so just argumentatively, there's a lot wrong with this. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I've already kind of poked fun at one of the one of the small issues. Yeah. Um, the larger issue is that uh, they seem to want to take this like subjectivist kind of standpoint in the beginning, where they say, "Well, you know, it totally depends on your ethics." Uh, which seems to imply it, it depends on what you believe, right? Right, but um, then they go on to say, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's this situation, then it's good. If it's this situation, then it's bad. So that's not right. Really they then go on to, to establish pretty specific criteria for whether or not it'd be good or bad, regardless of who you are. Uh, I suppose they could make the case that they were just defining their own subjective view. Uh, but if that were true, then we wouldn't need all of that at the end there right who cares that's what you think um so let's uh let's uh, i think the important part of this that i want to talk about at least is not this person's argumentative failings or the implied subjectivism or anything like that but uh but more this move that uh the matter of whether or not it's okay to have kids isn't one that can be decided on principle it's one that's decided based on the consequences of having that kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you occupy a situation or are in a time uh, in which having a child means having a child in 
mm, like poverty or in some kind of natural disaster, some kind of time of great turmoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person and many others who I've seen are suggesting that that is uh, cruel uh, and as a consequence uh, would make you a bad person if you did it willingly. That is kind of interesting that they include willingly there, right? Because as as we know, many pregnancies don't happen in a planned sort of way. Right, right but then you also have um, the issue of if you knew it was a possibility, um, if you had sex, mm-hmm. unprotected sex, you knew it was a possibility right. you get someone pregnant, even though you didn't intend for it to happen, you're probably hoping it wouldn't happen. Uh-huh. It, there still seems to be some kind of moral culpability there. Maybe it's not exactly the same. Yeah, that's kind of like an uncomfortable sort of abstinence-based argument that you typically hear, right, for like, uh, you know, that very conservative, sometimes religious thinkers use to uh, to argue against the having of premarital sex at mm-hmm. all, right? Uh, but, I mean, there is something to it here, right? Uh, I don't know that you're only culpable if you, like, willingly engaged in the act of, like, trying to conceive of a child right um so long as you are not ignorant of the conditions of the world right maybe in this case um i don't i don't know if this works but maybe if you are so i don't want to say dumb but like unaware of the things going on around you in the world you get off the hook here right because yeah, I mean, you 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 didn't know that it was going to be a terrible, like your child was going to be living a terrible life. For instance, let's assume that the uh, the impending disaster or whatever that we're concerned about here is something like climate change, mm-hmm. right? Like the the disaster from like the you know impending doom from climate change. Right. But you grew up always being taught to be like a climate change denier right so you're like firmly convicted for better or worse (laughs) that uh climate change not that big of a deal right Mm -hmm. that's not that serious if that's the case then maybe that person kind of like gets a pass here right because even if they decided you you know what i want to have a child and then they go through with it they they didn't think the threats were really that uh yeah that threatening i mean that gets into yeah, how much does your intention matter versus the the consequences? Mm, so yeah, I mean, true. if you knew the child was going to have a bad life, like you know, an extreme example would be, let's say you have Huntington's disease, or you're, uh, you know, you might have Huntington's disease. So that's a mm-hmm. fatal and pretty horrendous disease. Uh, that is one hundred percent genetic. So if you have it, mm-hmm. your kid's going to have it. I believe is how it works. Um, Whereas if you're a carrier, then your kid might have it. So in that case, uh, I guess the consequences and the intentions kind of align. Um, but in the, in the case you uh, you gave there, you know, intentions, you know, if climate change does end up being this horrendous situation for someone who's born in a year or so, then you could be culpable if the consequences right. matter. But if you didn't know that, then maybe you get off the hook. Right. So maybe so we should actually... What you're driving at there's in philosophy especially in in ethics there's this distinction to be made between a consequentialist theory 
which is a theory that says basically the way we judge whether an action is right or wrong just has to do with the consequences, Mm -hmm. right? If the consequences were good, then it's at the very least morally permissible, right? It's okay to do. Um, But if the consequences of the action are bad, um, then it was wrong to do, no matter what your intention was, Mm -hmm. right? Which contrasts with some other views. There's many other views in moral philosophy that uh, are not consequentialist. Many of them kind of build in this, like the importance of your intention, right? Your intention really determines what made the action right or wrong. So you're kind of suggesting here that like, maybe even the case I suggested, they don't get off the hook uh, if if consequentialism is true, right? It doesn't matter what your education was, what you believed about climate change, whatever. If climate change ends up being a natural, you know, an actual disaster uh, for your child, uh, you're still on the hook no matter what. Right. That can get pretty interesting too if you take that consequentialist stance where, you know, having a child could be immoral if the child has a bad life. Oh, then yeah. like you right. could you could set up the child completely for success and you know some people just have horrendous diseases or have debilitating depression or you know, something that you could never consider that would happen just right. by chance and then even though you did everything right you were doing everything in your power like from a consequential standpoint that still was a wrong act to make but at the time there's no way to really know right how it's going to end up yeah, this is one of the reasons why you see quite a few people jump off of the consequentialist way of thinking, right? Because there are going to be occasions in which you did not have the information. Like, it might not have even been possible, theoretically, for you to have predicted or foreseen these bad consequences. And it just seems, it just seems pretty harsh to say that, you know, what someone did was wrong, when they did their very best right um then again you know uh consequentialists typically want to talk about good and bad actions rather than good and bad people right so it's not just because you did something bad by the consequentialist lights doesn't mean necessarily that you're a bad person for doing it it's just a matter of fact that what you did was bad mm-hmm. um but anyway, this this thought, this general thought that this person is expressing, wherein uh, what makes having a child okay versus not has to do with the world that you bring them up in. Right. Uh, it's a it's a very like commonly seen move on the internet nowadays. I would say most of the time they are referencing climate change, but occasionally you see references to. Uh, like conflicts you know like uh like uh war and things like that Mm -hmm. right like i have seen people for instance say uh like maybe it would have been wrong to have a child during uh the cold war right because of all the uncertainty that sort of thing right um so yeah it's a it's an interesting idea that having a child in principle is not wrong but if you have reason to believe that the world your child will be born into is a is going to be a bad one, then it is wrong. Now, there's so much left to be unpacked there. Even if you think that's a good move, 
we have to know where the line is, right? Because mm-hmm. there's bad stuff in the world all the time, you know, um, but they aren't like crises that can't be recovered from. Um, for example, in the U.S. right now, we're experiencing a like a large amount of inflation, right? But that isn't necessarily on par with, you know, the entire world being uh, consumed by like uncontrolled climate change right? right like the two don't seem to measure so how great does the disaster have to be for one to uh shut down the idea of it being permissible to have children you know i i think that's going to be very difficult to fix right i guess it would just be your prediction of i mean in this in this case it, it seems like how likely you think it is that the child's going to have a bad life or a life that maybe wasn't worth living mm. or it was on the whole, like a negative experience, um, which is, you know, so with climate change, even, you know, that's hard to, to tell. Even the climate change is very bad as many of the experts predict, you know, in a child's lifetime who's born now, you know, the planet's probably still going to be around. Like a lot of bad things are going to happen. Places are going to become uninhabitable. Likely, there's going to be a lot of mass migration, but there still could be plenty about life that's worth living, especially if you're in a place that is not going to be horribly impacted by that. And then, you know, whatever else bad things that are happening now, like the high rates of depression and suicide among, mm-hmm. uh, like, the U.S. population that's, that's been increasing. You know, maybe that's just something that's going to go down over time. Maybe it'll get worse. Uh, again, this, you know, the future is very hard to predict, so... It seems like you put a lot of, it's hard to put, I don't know, it seems a little weird to put so much emphasis on, you know, making this decision based on something that you can't possibly know. Um, but I mean, but on the other hand, if you do like have a good idea that something bad is going to happen, like you're in an active war zone or, right. you know, in a very unstable country or something like that, then it seems like the moral calculus changes a bit. Well, one thing that you said when you began this line uh, made me think of the possibility here that uh, it doesn't always have to be like some kind of global catastrophe that affects mm-hmm. everyone equally or more or less uh, is bad across the board, right? It it could be um, it could be that you're in a position in which you have personal circumstances, and this kind of reminds me also of the Huntingdon's case that you made. Uh, that make having a child for you bad for these consequentialist reasons that are really only applicable to you or a more like narrow band of people, right? Um, So there's one move that I have seen, which I think might be a decent segue into uh, one of the arguments you found, uh, wherein people have argued that if you don't have the means to support a child, right, like economically, like you can't afford food or basic health care, that kind of thing, uh, and you, to use this person's language, uh, do, like, have a child willingly anyway, um, that might make you morally culpable, right? That might be a morally bad thing to do. Um, 
Yeah. And if, if that kind of argument goes through, I mean, it's very similar to the one that this person is making, but it's not like dependent on these more global kind of catastrophes. It's, it's much more indexed to your personal position. Right. And in my own life, I can, I've, I've thought that as well. Like when I was in grad school, for instance, and like working mm. all the time, barely had any money. Like, right. I would have not. Yeah, you know, I wasn't doing anything to have a child. I was not trying to have a child because I, like, for me, right. I would have felt irresponsible, not just to me, but for the child. Whereas now I'm more financially stable and have, like, the time and resources to dedicate to rearing the child in a way I think is appropriate. Um, and so for me, like, it did seem like it was, there was a moral component to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of resonates with you then, which means maybe, maybe it's a good time for us to jump to. The next one, because I believe there's a response to this line yeah. of thinking. So this one comes from Twitter. Uh, so there's two comments here. So the first argument here says, this person says, any argument about the alleged selfishness or casting moral judgments on poor parents for having children is eugenics. Full stop. Like there is no debate to be had there, actually. So this person's suggesting that uh, similar to what we've been talking about, someone might make an argument that if you're poor or in you know, a bad circumstance, you can't adequately care for your child. Um, they might make the case that you shouldn't have children then. But this person's saying that line of thinking is, is bad and is actually here eugenics, which, you know, is the idea that uh, certain traits should be sort of stamped out of human humanity, either from killing people who have those traits mm-hmm. or from uh, preventing people from breeding who have those traits. And so they, they're making a pretty big claim that that's a very irresponsible thing to say. And then uh, in response to this claim, someone says, how? If you willingly have kids knowing very good and well that you're financially unstable and cannot afford to take proper care of it, that's selfish. That's a disservice to both you and the kid. I'm not seeing the eugenics in that. So this person's making the case that, you know, reiterating that point that if you are in a bad circumstance, you can't adequately care for your child, for instance, if you're in poverty, then that's a bad thing and you should not have a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, despite what the first person says in regards to, quote, like there is no debate to be had there, actually, uh, we're going to have a bit of a little, a little bit of a debate A little here. bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's interesting. So, I, I can see, like, I can see where both sides are coming from. I think the the appeal to eugenics here is a little, um, uh, I don't want to say underhanded, but it's not, it's not doing really any, I don't see this doing much work other than, well, people don't like the word. Yeah, it's right? almost people like the like appeal the to Hitler. Or like, the, you know, Hitler did that or mm, Hitler liked that. Like it's, it has this such a sting to it. This Yeah. Taint, uh, so I think you can make the argument this first person is w- maintain its impactfulness and have used something like uh like socially unjust or something like that Mm -hmm. and that would have been more applicable um because you can see that in this the other person's response to them uh and they're mainly saying you know i don't see how this is eugenics right Mm -hmm. okay yeah you don't want to leave people the opportunity to dismiss your argument by claiming that you've made a category mistake right by claiming that you have suggested something 
that was untrue in terms of how to describe something. Okay, sure, 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 sure. But that was not the meat of the argument, right? Uh, so to the meat of the argument of this first person, this first person's claim, right? They seem to be suggesting that line of thought you and I were just entertaining, that it would be selfish and therefore like immoral, at least possibly, to have a child when you don't have the ability to support them. They are claiming that that is in some way like socially unjust. Mm-hmm. And to me, while they don't they don't really go into it very deeply, um, to me, they seem to be suggesting that because uh, it unfairly targets people with lower social mobility, right? Um, like these are these kind of moral prescriptions, these things that we're saying you can and can't do. We're really only saying apply to poor people, which is like socially unjust, right? Especially if you live in a country like the U.S. where uh, one's socioeconomic status might be tied to other factors, like one's level of education or uh, one's race, for example, or where one was born, right? Where these, these issues become tangled, right? It's not just oh, these people are in poverty. It's, well, these people are in poverty and also typically belong to certain other classifications. Yeah, so you can get to the eugenics mm. angle from that. Like if you, sure in the U.S., black people are disproportionately poor, or they're poor at higher rates than white people, for instance. Mm -hmm. And so if if you're doing something that's targeting poor people, saying they shouldn't be able to have kids and you're disproportionately targeting black people, so a way, um, that could be considered eugenics, or that was at least a stronger case for that, although this person didn't explicitly say that. Maybe that was right. sort of understood to be the case. Possibly. I mean, you would like a little bit more like elucidation when you are going to make the further claim that no debate is possible here. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but it is Twitter, and there's a character limit, so maybe yeah. we should be generous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh Okay, so what do we what do you, what do we think about the move, right? Uh, it's there's something there, I think. Yeah, this. I mean, to me, it seems like a lot of people think there's something sacred about being able to have children, or it's like a human right. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of your circumstances, like no one can stop you from having a child. Um, so, I mean that that maybe you know not extend completely like. I don't know. I mean, it's it seems like you could you can on the one hand say you know that person shouldn't be having a child. They're like addicted to drugs and they you know can't take care of themselves or or whatever. Um, but it's kind of another to say like we should do something to stop people like that from having children, like actively stop. Oh yeah. Versus mm-hmm. you know maybe distance <laughs> like an edu- you can have like education or you know. Uh, like stopping people from having unwanted children through you know, contraceptive education or something like that. But sure, to, to actually sure. like say these people should not breed, like we're going to sterilize them or something like that. That's obviously a much different step. Yeah. I mean, that's actual eugenics, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we're talking about prohibitions, especially those that are like enforced by like the government or whatever body, um, that is an altogether different level than making a claim that something is immoral. 
mm-hmm. or is irresponsible or selfish, right? So, for example, I can make the claim <clears throat> that uh, maxing out your credit cards on frivolous purposes or something like that is is reckless or is like if you have a family is like a selfish thing for you to do, right? Um, and not think that the government should step in and like stop you, right? Um, it's possible for for me to think that a thing is bad, maybe even morally bad, and not also think that you should actually be stopped from mm-hmm. doing it. Um, and that's where you get this, this line that I, I don't see they have established here between something like eugenics and... You know, just making a moral judgment, right? It doesn't, it do, they're, it's not the same, uh, though I can see why one might want to draw the further inferences. Um, it's not quite the same. Right, that is a good point, because yeah, they, they say, you know, arguing, saying people are selfish or casting moral judgments on poor parents, that's eugenics. So yeah, that's, that's a good right. point. That's not. It's not. Saying. It might, it, you, you could argue that it could lead there. Yeah. That might be a better argument. But it's yeah. not like a systematic but, or state-sponsored program mm-hmm. to like actively stop these people. It's just you know, people throwing shade or making right you know, making their opinions. But known. I like there was something you said also really stuck with me, which was that uh, having a child for for many people having a child is like this like sacred right, mm-hmm. right, and therefore. Uh, anyone who would cast aspersions on your choice to do so or who you know would consider your choice to do so like a moral harm or something like that is in some way violating that like integral right right but if you don't have that view of having children maybe it's less offensive right to uh to suggest if you don't have this view that it's like an it's like an integral part of being human to procreate mm-hmm. uh maybe it's not such a big deal for someone to suggest it would be selfish for you to do so under certain conditions and here's here's why i think that might follow right um i have heard so now looking at the second person's argument right where they're just doubling down hey if you can't afford it it is selfish mm-hmm. right um I've heard that same move used when it comes to like adopting or purchasing a pet, hmm. right? Um, if you cannot afford to feed or take care of a pet, uh, the argument goes, you should not effortly acquire one, right? Right. Because that would be selfish. You cannot meet the needs of this pet. And I have not seen anyone... I'm sure there are, but I at least haven't seen anyone up in arms about that kind of moral judgment, mm-hmm. right? Because it, well, I mean, it seems to follow, right? Uh, maybe the difference is, is that, at least to my knowledge, no one sees the ownership of a pet as like somehow integral to the human experience to such a degree. Yeah, that definitely seems like a different situation to me, like, Telling someone they shouldn't have a child or they can't have a child, it does seem to be very different than telling them they shouldn't have a pet. I mean, you know, people have only had pets for, you know, relatively recent human history. Like mm. people have been procreating since people were around and 
long time before that when they weren't people. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely seems to be a difference there, but there are you know, similar situations. But yeah, it just seems gross. Like I mean, I understand the argument that like you should say people in poverty who don't have resources shouldn't have kids because yeah, I mean their kids are going to have a harder time in life statistically, or on average they will have a harder time. Um, and it might just also be in poverty, but you know, being in poverty isn't necessarily the worst thing. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it really depends on the situation, but it does seem just, uh, and I, I don't feel, it feels kind of gross to me to just say like certain people, because you know, people in poverty, it's not like necessarily they're just like a moral failure. Like they did something right. bad and that's why they're in poverty. There's a lot of, uh, systemic environmental factors that contribute to why people are in poverty or people could have grown up in poverty and it's very hard to get out. And so mm-hmm. just to say through this accident of birth that this whole uh, class of people shouldn't have kids. I mean, that seems like a, that just seems a little gross to me. It's yeah. But level. to me at the same time, I think if you buy this other argument about like pet ownership, like if you if you buy into the notion that it's not okay for you to procure a pet when you know you cannot afford it, right? If you if you buy that argument and you also think that human children are at the very least equally morally worthy as a potential pet, I'm afraid I don't see how it it doesn't follow. Right, that the the same kind of moral judgment should be made when it comes to having human children, right? Like, unless for some strange reason you think human children are somehow less morally worthy than like a dog, right? <laughs> I don't see how you can accept one and reject the other. Well, one way right? it is different is that in our society. Uh, the government has some programs to help the poor. There's like volunteer organizations mm, to help the poor, okay. which don't exist for animals. So if you can't afford to feed your child, you can get food stamps or you know, assistance from like a food bank. Um, and, you know, maybe they won't get everything they need, but they should at least get enough to sustain them and have, you know, sort of the bare minimum. Whereas with a pet, if you don't have enough pet food, um, you know, maybe you can get some from a volunteer organization, but. You know, I'm yeah. not sure if you can't afford I mean, like quality pet food that's going to you know help them thrive. There's nothing you can really do about that. Yeah, that's true, and it's an important difference to to make. But at the same time, at least where I'm coming from, if you are aware of those programs and and like they are there, they are in place, then you are not the subject of this conversation, mm. right? Like because you are not in a position where you know your child's needs are not going to be met, right? Like, uh, I think there very likely are people out there who want to make this kind of argument but have this kind of strange personal responsibility, you know, angle to it where what they are actually saying is something like, you should not have children unless you yourself can provide for them. Right, as like a personal responsibility thing. I'm sure that's a thing. But I am sort of right now looking at the more general argument where it's just, uh, it's maybe still under consideration, 
wrong to have a child if you know their needs cannot be met period mm-hmm. right i don't care where the needs are being met from right it's uh if you're in a situation where you think the needs can't be met period then that seems reckless and selfish to me yeah that does seem like a different situation than just poor people in general because yeah i mean poor people that have access to government resources or other resources they could take care of their kids whereas people who might even have you know plenty of income just might be emotionally unstable or otherwise unstable enough that they wouldn't be able to adequately care for the kid and so maybe the the first poster's point about this being an argument against poor parents is maybe that's a, a straw man maybe people don't I don't know if people are actually saying that, like, no poor people should have kids. Um, well, there are people who are opposed to social programs. That is right? true. Like, fiscally conservative people, often socially conservative people, who are opposed to even the idea of these social programs that we've just referred to. And those people, I could, I could certainly see trying to make the argument that if you can't support your child on your own, then you shouldn't be having one, right? But that is, uh, that takes us too far afield, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I at least don't want to, to make that argument. Right. right. Well, I think we've tapped most of the good stuff there do you want to move on to the next one one yeah let's see here okay so this is another one from reddit uh responding to a post from um the change my view subreddit which if you're unfamiliar is a place where people post allegedly controversial views they're (laughs) typically not so controversial uh, in hopes that someone might be able to provide an argument that changes their mind. So this person wants wants their mind to be changed because they currently think having children is immoral. In response to them, this poster says, Let me see if I have this straight. Having a child is immoral because it causes pain and suffering to the child that the child would not otherwise experience because it would not exist. Correct. So if I am a doctor and I save someone's life after they go into spontaneous cardiac arrest, that is also immoral, since that person will now experience years of pain and suffering they would not otherwise have experienced. No. In fact, if I am walking down the street and I see a child walking by, I have the power to end that child's life, okay, thereby preventing them from experiencing any more pain and suffering. Would it not be my moral duty to kill that child as quickly and painlessly as possible? There's a bit more, but that's really all we need. Um, So a little bit of context, right? The person they're responding to, it it seems to be the case that the original poster believes it's wrong to have children because... uh, children who are not yet born uh, cannot give consent... Uh, in any in any real way because they don't yet exist mm-hmm. uh, and therefore it's immoral to have a child because that future child could and likely will suffer at some point and therefore you forced a certain amount of suffering on an unconsenting being right um, 
So what this person is doing is fairly interesting. They're trying to provide a couple of different cases here. Uh, one, the first case, uh, they're trying to mm, uh, provide an analogy in which someone uh, does something that could prolong suffering as a consequence that we typically think to be a good thing, right? So I guess let's go let's go case by case. So this first one, the first case they give is a doctor who saves someone experiencing like a heart attack, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like a fluke heart attack. Uh, they're suggesting that by the original poster's lights, this would be an immoral thing because without the doctor intervening, this person would not experience the pain and suffering in their future years uh, that they would have avoided if the doctor had just let them perish then and there. Right. But this is, this seems to assume that being alive is bad. Like, like living your mm. life is, you know, life is on average more suffering than it is pleasure. And so to die is good in that case. Well, I don't know if the original trying... poster made that claim, but <laughs> right. that's what it seems like this person's responding to. I, I don't think the original poster made that claim. I I think what's necessary to get the original person's argument off the ground is less the notion that life is more suffering than it is pleasure. Uh, I think the integral part that you need is just that suffering is bad, and that's mm -hmm. it, right? Because if you if if you get that, it doesn't matter how much pleasure you might experience. Right. We aren't concerned with uh, like super good consequences that come about as 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 freak occasions. Right. Occasions you could not consent to because you had no there was there. You weren't there to do so. We're concerned, strictly speaking, with cases and like occasions in which there will be suffering that you had no ability to consent to. That's all that matters. Right. Uh, even if you on average have a much more enjoyable life than one filled with suffering it's still the case that you didn't consent to any any of that suffering mm. well so to change this example a little bit if this you know if there was a person in a coma and they yeah. would let's just say they would die without medical intervention and doctors right. or someone decides to do some medical intervention to prolong their life and they will come out of it uh -huh. uh, in, in that in this you know, this person may then say that that is immoral because um, the person in the coma could not consent to be to undergo right. that medical treatment, or well, unless they had like a you know a DNR or some, DNR some, some kind or of something. like a contract that says this is what they want. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's an important update to make to this person's example for a couple of reasons. The main one being. Uh, that the the primary disanalogy between their case and an, a child who has yet to be born is that uh, the person experiencing the cardiac arrest in the original case, uh, they are alive, right? They mm. know what it is, potentially, depending on how their life has gone, uh, to value life. Like they might, not necessarily, but they might value living. Mm -hmm. uh, that is not yet a thing for the unborn uh, because they do not exist. They cannot experience. They have no opinions on the matter as to whether or not it's better to be alive or not. Right. Right. And so um, it, it doesn't quite work, this first case. But the way you have changed it 
now puts us in a more analogous um, comparison, mm -hmm. right? So this person who's in a coma, who is experiencing some, I mean, they, they could even be experiencing a cardiac arrest in a coma, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so they are unaware that they could lose their life, right? They're unaware altogether. It, that's a much more similar case to the to the to the unborn who are inherently unaware, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that one's tricky, right? Because if you buy into this notion that it's wrong to have children because they can't consent to the possible suffering that comes about from living, you might be on the hook for saying in this new case of yours. Um, that it would be wrong for the doctors to intervene because the coma patient cannot consent, assuming no DNR or other wishes mm -hmm. have been made, uh, uh, cannot consent to uh, the continuing of possible suffering, right? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I would think, you know, this is just speculation, but I imagine if you ask people, like, if you were in the situation, would you want to be brought back? Like you can make it a clear example where you will die without medical intervention mm -hmm. and you will come out of the COVA with medical intervention and uh -huh. you'll be fine. Um, so like a clear case like that, I would imagine most people would say like, yeah, I want to be brought back. Right. And even if that is the case, let's say 99% of people say, yeah, I want to be brought back. They still cannot consent in this scenario. Right. And so the, the consent issue is the same. In fact, like I would, I would argue that, like, let's assume that you're right that it's like ninety nine percent of people in those circumstances would say yes, bring me back, right? I would want to argue that that it doesn't even matter because once again, there's a huge disanalogy between someone who has learned to appreciate life and someone who who does literally does not experience, right? Mm. Not even a person. There's nothing. Right, they're, they're, your experiences are going to motivate how you feel about that kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, that ninety-nine percent are are not in the same position of an unborn uh, child, like it's just not c comparable, right? And there's... I kind of, I think there's something to this, though I haven't quite fully worked it out. The fact that there are things like dnrs and things like that that we largely maybe there are some people who don't but we largely as a community think should be respected mm -hmm. uh seems to imply that we think that personal your personal feelings on the matter count more than anyone else's mm -hmm. right on on these specific issues and if that's true then it seems like consent is is playing a like a hell of a large role right hmm. um so i yeah I, like uh, there's there seems to be something there for me um if, if consent is playing that large of a role then maybe it does matter that the unborn are not in a position to agree one way or the other yeah but with i think with the dnr situation when <laughs> the dnr like that that do not resuscitate uh -huh. um, sort of wishes that you put out there if you wish to not be kept alive artificially. That's usually put in place if it seems unlikely that you'll be 
able to be brought back to consciousness if you're just in a coma or vegetative state and it seems like you're going to stay that way so people will say like i don't want to live like that i don't want my loved ones to see me like that just pull the plug um so that seems to like i think most people have that in mind when they're thinking of the consent issue of or like whether they should be brought back if they're in a coma but i I wonder if you could make a con- <laughs> you could make a contract that's like if I'm in a coma and I'll definitely come out of it and I'll definitely be fine just just kill me anyway like uh, that seems well, like a, I mean, a separate issue in terms of like kill me anyway that that implies that like an active role mm-hmm. which a lot of people are not comfortable with yeah uh, which is maybe an, an an issue we can talk about another time because I think it's a really interesting one um, but in terms of like oh. Uh, is there a treatment that would very reliably uh, treat my condition, you know, bring me back to a measurable degree of health? Uh, I do not want that under mm-hmm. any circumstance. That happens. That's real. Yeah, like you know, especially people, people with religious uh, exactly. beliefs that exclude those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Yeah, people Absolutely. people refuse simple measures like blood transfusions mm-hmm. because of their commitments, and at the very least, legally. Uh, legally speaking, that has to be respected. Now, I'm sure there are some people, I don't know how the numbers fall out. Like, I don't know, because this is kind of a controversial issue. Um, I'm sure there are some people out there who would want to say something like, that is wrong, and we should treat them no matter what they think Mm -hmm. there. But legally speaking, and from what I have seen from the medical community, that doesn't seem to be the consensus. Right. It seems to be that if you are at the very least of rational mind, uh, it is up to you what treatments uh, are acceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. So at least as far as I would hazard a guess, the majority of the medical community believes uh, consent is extremely important. Yeah. Um, now, of course, they would like that consent to be informed right along the way. You know, like it's it's not okay to just say, like, oh, they don't want any treatment, uh, so I guess we won't do anything for them, right? It's it's important that people understand the risks and that sort of thing as well. But but right. all of that out of the way, it seems like consent matters quite a bit. And if consent matters quite a bit for the living, why shouldn't it also for those who have the least uh, ability to give consent? Right. Right. The un- the unborn. Yeah, it does seem to be an issue we take uh, seriously in other domains. So yeah. Well, one thing I one thing you had mentioned, um, I'd like to bring back, but is you talked about how. Um, well, no, I actually lost the point. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. Sorry. Do you want to jump to their second? Yeah, yeah, their second case here because it's a bit more extreme, right? Uh, this first one was interesting, especially after you made your tweak to it, which uh, like made it f- let's be real far stronger than the original presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is of a totally different nature. Uh, this a even wild. though they seem to think it follows mm-hmm. out of it that they are similar in character. Okay, so I'll read it again just as a reminder. In fact, if I am walking down the street and I see a child walking by, I have the power to end that child's life, thereby preventing them from experiencing any more pain and suffering. 
would it not be my moral duty to kill that child as quickly and painlessly as possible? Right, so this version is trying to twist this idea of uh, it's wrong to potentially force some amount of suffering on a person that cannot consent to it into some kind of positive duty, like a thing that you should do if you have those kinds of beliefs. So he's, they are suggesting that uh, if you really think pain and suffering is that bad, we might have a moral duty uh, to end people's lives to prevent them from going through any more of it. Especially, I guess, a child, right, who, who uh, statistically is going to have more time to accrue this uh, pain and suffering yeah, than so, uh, like an elderly person. So this example, even more so than the other one, seems to you know, suggest that life is pain and pain is tremendous, mm-hmm. or maybe the original poster said something to that effect, or at least this person's interpreting mm-hmm. it that way. Uh, but you would have to, I don't know, I don't think most people, even if you think that maybe on average, pain outweighs pleasure like to follow that enough to where you would actively kill somebody or think actively killing someone who's just like <laughs> right. walking by i mean you would have to think that pain is like so tremendous and there mm-hmm. are some i don't think we had any comments from these people but there are people called anti-natalists who you know, are against yes. birth basically is what that means uh it's like a community on reddit and probably other places but i think that you know life is just bad and so people shouldn't be born. Born It's better to not be born um, than to be born regardless right. of circumstance. So maybe you could find people that would espouse that. I mean, but like, this, this seems very extreme. There are some like real, real cases that this kind of gets close to. There's still important differences. Like I know that there is, there are some countries uh, that uh, will evaluate a child's. Um, like capacity for for meaningful life uh, after birth, right? And there are some very rare cases where, uh, without medical intervention, you know, the the child would would not survive um, for any meaningful amount of time. Mm-hmm. And if with medical intervention, they would not live a like they would they would be in agony more or less for a very short time. And so a decision is made by the physicians not to intervene. Right. Mm-hmm. And in effect, I mean, once again, this gets into like the euthanasia issue, which we, I guess, probably should talk about it some some future episode. Yeah. Um, in effect, it's a similar thing here. I mean, it's it, there is a big difference between actively killing someone, you know, pushing them in front of a bus or whatever, like this person is talking about versus, you know, so to speak, letting things take their course. Uh, even even that, whether or not there's a distinction there is, is interesting debate. Um, but there are ways to make what they are suggesting more realistic than simply going around killing people randomly to prevent <laughs> prevent uh, potential suffering. But but you're right. They are in order for this kind of challenge to the first to, to the person they're responding to, in order for it to go through, I think you do have to have this belief that life is, you know, more suffering than anything else. Or, or at the very least, you have to have this belief that the suffering one can expect to accrue in life is unbearable or or makes life not worth living or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But even more important to me, they have made the same mistake they did with the cardiac arrest case, where they have failed to notice that there's a big difference between someone who lives now and has had the opportunity to maybe come to appreciate that life versus someone, something, whatever. I mean, they don't exist. Uh, who, who does not have that same feature, right? They have not yet existed, and therefore they do not have this notion that life is worth living or is valuable right. or anything like that to compete against this potential suffering. Um, right. That is a very different situation. It actually reminds me of what I was going to bring up earlier. Okay. Uh, when you had, had brought up that point. Um, yeah, I was thinking, is there something to that where you know, most people, let's say, if they're alive, they think that life is worth living. And a relatively small portion would think that it's not worth living. Either, mm-hmm. you know, they, because they have some, you know, painful disease or they have just had a bad life, have tra- uh, chronic depression, or maybe just come through it so, through some kind of philosophical means. Uh, but right. that seems to be a pretty, like, they're in the minority. But does that really matter? Like the, let's say 99% of people think, life is worth living um should that factor into your judgment of whether to have a child if you think you know the child's gonna grow up to think it was worth living more likely than not um you know how much does that matter or does it you know because they can't consent at all is is it you know just it doesn't matter like even if you could guarantee they would have a good life somehow does the lack of consent still cause that moral issue yeah, it it still matters, you know. It, to me, at least, it still matters because uh, they have no capacity for telling you what their preference is, right? I mean, to go back to the the case we were talking about earlier, where someone has the ability now that is respected by the medical community to deny something like a blood transfusion, right? These people might have fulfilling lives now. Right, they mm-hmm. might have families that love them. They might enjoy life to the fullest, and still think this way. Mm-hmm. That no, I, I, I won't consent to anything, any kind of invasive treatment like that, no matter how routine it may be. Right, if that is respected, then there's all the 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 notion of consent will always matter here. Right, it it doesn't matter how reasonably you can expect your future child's life to be happy or pleasurable or, or whatever uh, metric you might want to use. Um, it simply just is a matter of fact that they were not in a position to ask for this uh, or to uh, decline it. Like they had, they had no choice. That was a choice made for them. Right. Now it seems, I don't know, it seems different in the, Situation of, let's say, like a Jehovah's Witness, like they don't yeah. get blood transfusion, so they uh, have something, have a need to procedure uh, that requires a blood transfusion. If they don't have it, they'll die, and they say, no, I'd rather die. Um, that to me seems a little different because they can have had a fulfilling life or whatever, you know, they have values that they put above life, and it's something that's in some way meaningful to them. Um, so they're ability to con- consent to uh, forego treatment uh, in a way seems different than the situation, which again is hypothetical, but if you had 
you know, a hundred percent assurity that if you had a child, they would have a great life and they would tell you they had a great life and they were happy to be born. Uh, the latter bit might be a bridge. I mean, that's, that's obviously an extreme, like an example that is impossible. what, What you have done in the last little bit there was snuck in consent through the back door. Right. They still couldn't consent to be born. Imagine this hypothetical. I know, I know, but (laughs) you're uh, you're alleviating you're alleviating the moral guilt with an impossibility, (laughs) right? Because you're saying, like, maybe you gained access to a perfectly reliable crystal ball, right? And you look through the crystal ball, and it shows you that in the future your child will thank you for for you having them, Mm -hmm. right? And that's like, okay. If they could have had consent, then they probably would have consented, right? It's a way of like allowing an alleviation of this concern that's that's quite frankly like impossible, right? It, it unfairly, I feel, diminishes <laughs> the force of the uh, of the argument. I'm just trying to get an idea if it would ever be okay, like even theoretically, you mm. could get past that issue. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, obviously, if you could ask a non-existing thing. <laughs> For its consent, then yeah, theoretically it would be fine. <laughs> sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but some people who might be a little more mm, like firm on this stance than I am might even grant you your crystal ball, right? And say it would still be wrong, right? Even if you could look in this perfectly reliable crystal ball and see your child at like age 40, surrounded by family, happy looks to you and says i'm so glad you decided to have me you know i'm just letting you know if i could have consented i would have you know even if that were to happen some people i can imagine and i think these are this is a hard line to take but i think some people would say still wrong Mm -hmm. why because they still could not have consented doesn't matter doesn't matter what the consequences end up being in terms of pleasure or pain. If you're a basic utilitarian, I don't think you can take this line. It's all about increasing the amount of pleasure over pain. That's really it. And if you've got that crystal ball, you're set. Yeah. You know. Um, but if you're anything but, I do think this is a move that you can make. Right? No, still not okay. Right. Why? No consent. You're you are literally forcing something on a thing. When you, most of the time, there are exceptions, had a choice in the matter, right? If you had a choice, you are making that choice for someone else. You're treating them, okay, this is going to get somewhat Kantian. I apologize for that. Kant is a, is a moral philosopher, very famous, but also... Uh, there's a lot of arguments. <laughs> there's a lot of arguments here whether or not we should be Kantian. Anyway, mm-hmm. his main thing, if you want Kantian ethics boiled down to like a quote, right? You should always treat others as an end in themselves and never as a means, right? So basically, everyone counts for their own selves and you have to respect that you can't use other people for your own devices right Mm -hmm. you have to treat them as a full being in and of themselves and if you take this line of thought seriously you might be able to make the claim that having a child willingly means that you i mean you have to be treating them as a means 
because they don't yet exist in a way for you to treat them as an ends, right? They, they, they don't yet have that status. So that is never permissible to treat another thing as a means, another rational thing, or even potentially rational thing, hmm. right? Th- there's a way to take this hardline argument, even if we grant you the crystal ball that I don't, I don't want to grant in the first. Well, of place. course, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of a ridiculous example. But yeah, I wonder what Kant would think about that if he, I mean, he didn't have kids of his own, uh, as far as right. Know. Well, but there's some think... like wiggle room that he has available to him that I, I won't get fully into. Let me just say that uh, Kant thinks of children as less than rational, mm-hmm. though. Uh, you know, potentially rational in the future. So while they are deserving of some respect, they are not as deserving of the same kind of respect that I owe to you as another fully rational being, right? Now, the nice thing about that is it means we get to do a lot of stuff to kids that we can't do to uh, other fully rational beings, like punish them, Okay. you know, like uh, for, for like, mild infractions rather than like serious moral infractions and maybe i don't think he says this anywhere maybe this makes it makes it permissible for us to force existence on them right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. i don't know it's a way out i guess but uh, yeah i'm not exactly sure what his his explicit thoughts are on the matter all right well we We've been on this question for or this argument for a while, so I think we got time yeah, for yeah, yeah. one more. Let's move on to your last one then. Yeah, so the, um, this one's from Twitter. Uh, this person says, "U.S. fertility rate is at a 35-year low, below replacement rate for our population. We need to fight for children and marriage more. Instead, our society promotes sex outside of marriage, contraception, and abortion. We create our own misery. We need a revolution to put family first. Okay, so the outside like the sort of generic like uh right wing points and like again well i guess it's kind of like a catholic sort of perspective like against contraception and abortion um but well yeah but outside of those the main uh thing that's relevant to us is the u.s fertility rate um which this is something i see a lot of people arguing for that we should be having more children than we are uh because in the U.S. and a lot of industrialized countries, uh, the birth rate has been steadily declining. And so right now in the U.S. and many other countries, like particularly South Korea has a very low birth rate. I think each woman has on average one child, um, which means that the population is going to decline. And it's going to cause a lot of societal problems. Most, uh, Probably the most obvious is that the, when you know, the older people retire or they need uh, care for long-term medical conditions. There's just not going to be enough younger people to, you know, pay social security or pay taxes to help them or to even mm-hmm. just have jobs to help them. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. one reason people are making robots to, to, <laughs> to work in nursing homes, basically. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, this is an argument for having kids, um, mostly because the situations will be bad for other people if we don't have more kids i think that's the that's like a generous way of interpreting it Mm -hmm. what you did there right like the the replacement rate argument i have heard in many different circles and the the one that you just provided wherein the concern is that without having 
children at at least a rate of replacement is going to make it such that infrastructure will break down in the future, and especially when it comes to elderly care. Um, that's why we really should focus on, like, at the very least, keeping replacement, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, that's, like, not innately offensive, right? But uh, even though if you if you are stuck on that consent issue we just finished talking about, it's still kind of offensive, right? Um, in, in the same way that you're not going to say, like, uh, well, in order to you know build these pyramids, it's going to be necessary to adopt some slaves against their consent. Like, okay, that's not a good enough reason. Yeah, we need to have know? kids like, so they can do labor for us, basically. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like, no, uh, consent trumps that, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. So if you're still on the consent issue, this is even the most generous take on the replacement argument isn't going to work out. But there are some far less... Hmm... I don't know what the correct word is here. Far less nice or kind uh, modes of making this replacement rate argument that some of them have to do with xenophobia. Oh. Like, uh, I'm sure you've seen these. Right. Right. Where it's, uh, it's not just about preserving current infrastructure or caring for us in a, which just seems innately selfish, right? Like we have to have kids for us, you know, for our sake, what are we going to do without, um, sometimes these people, and I'm not accusing this person of doing so, but sometimes these people make this kind of replacement rate argument because they are afraid that either one, their culture that they value is uh, in threat of dissolution uh, slowly over time if people aren't keeping it up, which is less bad than the alternative, wherein they're afraid of other cultures becoming more dominant, right? So it's it's a matter of out-competing uh, this replacement right. rate. That was like argument. the New Zealand shooter that like killed all those people in the mosque. Mm. Like that was yeah why he said he did it because. Yeah, Muslims have higher birth rates than Christians or white people, and uh, uh-huh. so like yeah, I've heard uh, you know uh, like racist arguments to that effect that basically you know white people need to have more babies because we're going to be overthrown by <laughs> these other right, races right, right. or religions like these or white whatever. supremacist arguments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So while so I just wanted to make the <laughs> make it once again neither of us are suggesting that this particular poster is making that kind of move, but it is important. I think when you see this replacement rate move to, to note that not all of these arguments are going to be the sort of more tactful kind that Lewis, you presented at first, right? The, in, in a charitable way. Right. Right. Um, some of them are inherently xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also right that sometimes this replacement rate argument is uh, is one that's motivated on principle, especially like religious principle, right? There are uh, quite a few religious traditions, especially if you just you know, like concentrate on uh, the Judeo-Christian sort of tradition. Right, go forth and multiply. Yeah, where it's, a, it's literally a commandment. You mm-hmm. know, this is a thing that God has said to do right and so if you if you're into that then i've it it seems like the you know the book might be closed on the matter 
right? Like you've got your commands, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that comes with its own tangled issues, right? Um, whether or not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one, uh, I mean, one way to, to look at this issue is, um, if you think that even if you think that having kids is wrong um, for you, like you as as an individual will think, you know, I don't think it's moral for me to have a kid. Um, if you made that out into a more general principle where no one should have kids, uh-huh. then you have this you know, pretty nightmarish scenario like, uh, you know, the Children of Men, that movie and book uh, based yeah. on the idea where fertility rates just plummeted completely and everything went to hell and people were just right. <laughs> like, it was a, a very dystopian society because people uh, <laughs> realized that humanity was going to die and you know, weren't on their best behavior. Let's just say, um, but you know, I think there's, you know, if, if you think that murder is wrong, for instance, you're not just going to say, Oh, for me personally, I don't want to murder. Cause I think it's wrong. Right. You, you'd think, no, no one should murder. We should put in right. punishments for people who murder. We should put in, you know, incentives to not murder, let's say. Right. Um, and so, I, yeah, I wonder about that. Like if, if that's something that should be taken to its extreme, where if you do think it's immoral to have kids, you should impose that on other people. It's, it's a good, it's a good move to make. It's a good question to ask. You know, uh, if your moral principle is that uh, it is wrong uh, to have children, uh, should you seek to you know like at the very least judge others for for that uh for having children willingly let's say um knowing full well that without this replacement some of these downstream consequences are going to be really bad like let uh, hypothetically assume that everyone adopts your moral principle right like you were suggesting uh it's going to be a slow fade out for humanity you know and not a not a good one right that by the end everyone's just going to be old right and Mm -hmm. that's it um this reminds me of a conversation we had in our very first episode when we were talking about whether or not it was okay to eat animals Mm -hmm. one move that you can try to make in order to justify eating animals is to say that at least in some cases it's a necessity right that if i don't eat these animals now i could die or i will die right and there is this uh, that move is to try and uh make it okay right Mm -hmm. it's okay because without it i'm gonna die right without it there's going to be these incredibly bad consequences one of the things we discussed then was that if it's true if it's a true moral principle that it's wrong to eat animals dying because you can't eat them does not get you off the hook still bad right Mm -hmm. it's still bad if you can show that it's wrong to eat animals it does not matter that you might die in the same way that if you'll perish without a kidney like a and, and you know you're having trouble with the donation list or whatever it's not permissible for you to just take one from someone right necessity does not it seems by moral permissibility mm. and if that same move works it's going to apply here too right, right? um just because 
without replacement, things are going to get really bad. They get very bleak for humanity. Uh, it does not mean necessarily uh, that that paves the way for moral redemption for those who want to have children. Right. Yeah, I, th- I could see that. I I do, and I think it's interesting. I don't usually see the argument that you know it's immoral to have kids, and so no one should have kids, or we should put mm-hmm. systems in place that make it harder for people to have kids. Um, right, that's pretty rare. Which seems a little odd to me. If it is immoral to have kids, <laughs> just like with abortion, if people think having an abortion is immoral, like people very rarely just stop at that and. and to say like okay like it's I'm only not more do it for then. me yeah you know i'm not gonna yeah they, they want to make it a bigger right? and, thing yeah. like nobody should be getting into portions right um i guess it's just a <laughs> very hard idea to sell especially because yeah, you no, first target sense. vulnerable populations probably if you were to do that right uh, yeah right it, it could just be this is less philosophical less like dealing with the argument itself and more sociological uh, but it could just be like the origins of these kinds of thoughts or these kinds of arguments for people, right? Most, at least in my experience, most of the people making these kind of uh, these kind of arguments wherein having children is immoral uh, are just themselves not interested in having children, which mm. in at least our society, like here in the U.S., uh, is seen as and this is becoming increasingly less so as millennials are getting older but at least traditionally has been seen as a very bizarre stance to take Mm -hmm. you know one that is consistently challenged by like social mores and things like that family members um and family members (laughs) yeah right and so it can be natural to want to respond in like a direct way. Uh, one way of doing that is to is to try to make these kind of moral arguments. Now that mm. being said, I think the arguments stand on their own, despite however they came about. Right. Sure. Uh, the argument. The argument's the argument. It doesn't matter why you ended up embracing it. And if you take the argument seriously, and the argument is something like consent is impossible to give, and therefore it's not acceptable to have a child in this in this manner it probably should apply globally right it probably should be something exactly like uh abortion or the eating of animals wherein if you think it's wrong to eat animals you don't just say okay well i'm not going to say what you should do but i think it's morally impermissible to kill animals in order to eat them no if you think it's morally impermissible to kill animals in order to eat them you think it's morally permissible for everyone yeah presumably to kill animals in order to eat them so yeah, I, no, I think you're right, but I also think, as you, I think, also alluded to, it would be very difficult to make these kind of claims to the larger public, since it is so integral to the way society seems like a normal, sees like a normal human life. Right. Um, That's more of like a supervillain kind of move to, you know, <laughs> life is bad, we should all just, <laughs> we just, just kill everyone yeah. or prevent them from breeding. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think this is a a good place to stop and wrap up. So with this, you know, we might have actually have some conclusions here. So on the issue of whether it's okay to have kids, it's moral to have kids. If you take a consequentialist view where 
the consequences of the children's life or what you're going to consider, then, you know, if you think, well, I guess it depends on how it turns out. If, if on average, <laughs> well, I guess if you make it, if you're making an individual decision, then if your kid ends up having a good life, it was good. If your kid ends up mm-hmm. having a bad life, it was bad. You can't really know ahead of time. You can right. make an educated guess, but it really depends on how the so, circumstances. Takeaway: consent doesn't matter for the consequentialist. That's true. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, even it's if they don't consent, quick. and right. yeah, you know, in a situation where someone doesn't consent, but they end up having a good time. Oh, well, this, this is getting tricky. Uh, yeah. So the, the the only thing that matters is whether they had you know more pleasure than pain. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if they consented. Now, on the other hand, if you don't think the consequences are the most important here, if you're uh, taking other factors into consideration, then consent becomes a really tricky issue. Um, and we spend a lot of time talking about that. Uh, so it seems like it's uh, pretty hard to get around. I mean, you have to, if you think it's still moral to have kids, and you think consent's a big issue, then you have to somehow think that maybe something outweighs the consent that's not the only factor uh, that matters morally. But yeah, it's a tricky thing to get around. There's one last point I want to give mm-hmm. before we jump off that that might help out the person who's struggling with this consent issue here, right? One way to go about it is to say that just in the way someone who is unborn cannot give, cannot give consent, uh, they also have no consent, right? There is not a being there to harm. There is not yet a being there to like do a moral harm against, right? And therefore, in a certain manner of speaking, if you choose to have a child willingly, uh, you're not harming anyone. No one exists yet, right? Um, now, I will say, I think while this move might have some technical value to it, mm-hmm. it does seem to be sneaky to me. Something about it, something about it smells off to me. Um, right. But if I were, if I really cared about this consent issue and I still wanted it to be morally permissible to have children, that's just, that's probably where I would go first. It seems like you um, could almost get around the like, you know, even if you knew the child was going to have a terrible life, you're like, well, they they weren't a thing when I made <laughs> the decision, so it's all good. Like, uh, unless you're a consequentialist, yeah, and then yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, I think but yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, uh, I think this was an interesting one. Uh, maybe a little more lighthearted since we aren't talking about people who are real yet. Um, <laughs> sure, <laughs> Just talking about the end of the human race at various points. Like, oh, sure, yeah, I guess there was that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you uh, have any comments, if you disagree with us on a, a topic, or. Uh, just have anything you want to let us know. You can leave a comment if you're on YouTube or you can email us at arguingwiththeinternet gmail.com. And if you're viewing on YouTube, we have an audio podcast available as well. If you're listening to the audio, then we're on YouTube also. You can find that in the description. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. <laughs>